Welcome to Bite the Orange. Through our conversations, we create a roadmap for the future of health with the most impactful leaders in the space. This is your host, Dr. Manny Fumble. Let's make the future of healthcare a reality together. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Bite the Orange, a podcast about innovation. And today we have a great innovator and great friend, Aaron Liptag, that's going to join us today and share with us some of the great things that he's working on. And trust me, you'll find out this is truly transformational in our industry. And I'm very happy to meet with Aaron today. So without much ado about nothing, let's go right back. We start off by getting to know Aaron. So Aaron, tell us about yourself. Sure. My name is Aaron Leptag. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Pentavir. Pentavir is a digital health company that has developed an artificial intelligence engine that accelerates knowledge and speed to insight of the huge amounts of information that's buried, that's locked in the clinical documentation that makes up the majority of the health information that we create and the majority of the information that is created that's not used to help improve health outcomes. Before that, I spent about 15 years working for some of the largest retail organizations in the world, as well as private equity companies who would acquire consuming-facing assets in order to improve their operations. Thanks for that background, Aaron. And in my experience working in digital health space, I know there's been a lot of innovation in the financial industry. And even in um, the transportation industry, right? If you look at airplanes, for example, especially when it comes to AI, autopilots have been existing for planes a very long time, right? So I think having this kind of backgrounds in other fields and bringing them into healthcare is truly transformational. But with that being said, please tell us what was the problem that you were trying to solve with Pentavir and what made you actually uh, start this company? What you just described, Manny, in terms of other industries using technology and using artificial intelligence in a far greater way than what's currently being done in healthcare, and a tragedy that impacted my fellow co-founder and our chief technology officer is the reason why we started Pentavir. So just a little background on our chief technology officer, like me, his background is not in healthcare. He spent 30 years working for some of the largest financial financial service companies in the world, architecting and designing systems so they can make billions of dollars in real time. His mother went into the hospital with what should have been a routine procedure. The fact that based on some comorbidity she had, she needed to be put on a certain medication post-operation was missed. It was missed by her care team because it was buried in a clinical note. And as a result of that, she died. So the question that we asked ourselves is, how is it other industries, technology, AI, data analytics is used to help these companies make huge amounts of money, yet in healthcare, so much of that information is trapped, it's locked, and it's not used because it's in clinical documentation. So we started Pentavir to solve that problem. That's truly incredible. And I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your partner's mother, but definitely we have to make sure that this doesn't happen again, right? And to improve things going forward. And that's the point of you starting this company, Pentavir. And so to begin with, to boil all that down into a simple language piece, I understand that you offer uh, several solutions, right? Through Pentavir. And tell us about, first of all, I know you have an engine called the Darwin AI engine. So maybe tell us about Darwin a little bit, and then tell us about some of the solutions that you actually provide. Absolutely. So as a result of that tragedy, 
opportunity. We naively thought that there would be systems or solutions out there in the market that can solve this problem. We embedded ourselves for two years in one of North America's leading hospitals to really understand the data problem from a privacy and a governance perspective, from all of the different silos and the fact that systems don't speak to each other, as well as all of the information that exists in clinical texts. We were surprised that no solution could solve the problem by unlocking this type of knowledge from electronic health records, from clinicians' transcriptions. So we started to build our own technology, which is the Darwin platform. And one of the things that makes Pentavir unique, and likely why many of your listeners haven't heard about Pentavir before, is we haven't raised any money. Instead, we approached many of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world and said, we are committed to working and solving this problem. And through collaborations with them over the last five years, we have built and validated our Darwin technology, which better than any other technology in the world today can scale the curation, organization, cataloging, and analysis of information that's buried in unstructured clinical documentation and have a number of peer-reviewed publications in prestigious journals like the Journal of Thoracic Oncology or Journal of Medical and Informatics Research attesting and validating our technology's ability to do this. And through that, we have developed and identified another number of high-impact business applications in clinical trial design, clinical trial operations, real-world evidence generation, as well as patient identification and insight identification that is of high value to the commercial teams within the pharmaceutical companies that we work with. That's quite impressive, Aaron, to create this much evidence without raising any capital from a venture, a venture capitalist, right? And a lot of times, a big challenge in this particular industry is to show evidence or to show a proof of concept that something has worked and which you have done significantly. I've looked at several of the studies that you've published and which is available on your website. Anyone could log in on your website, pentavir.ai, and we'll have it on the show notes as well for anyone that wants to actually go in and read some of these papers. So, but who are your ideal clientele? So who do you sell your solutions to? So if you think about the scope and scale of the problem, which we are hearing is one of the largest problems in healthcare is that we still cannot efficiently and cost effectively get at the life-saving information that we need when we need it. So in the early days of AI in healthcare, the system that we've created can benefit many stakeholders. However, what we're focused on specifically is around our life science companies and pharmaceutical companies who are spending a huge amount of money, taking up a huge amount of time to identify patients for clinical trials, to review data, and manage data as part of our their clinical trial programs. Also to identify patients who should be on marketed therapy based on their diagnostic criteria, but aren't. So our core customers today, as we are beginning to commercialize and scale the system that we have developed, are leaders within pharmaceutical companies who are looking for better solutions, real solutions, validated solutions that accelerate knowledge from real world 
evidence that's buried in the huge amounts of clinical text that is not helping them get the right treatments to the right patients at the right time that is needed today. And that's very interesting as well, because I see you basically offer end-to-end solutions, which is very unique in this particular space. So you offer solutions for clinical trials in terms of patient recruitment, patient identification, but the same model or the same concept can be used on a commercial side as well, correct? Exactly. What we demonstrated together with some of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, as we've developed and validated our AI engine, is that the business applications are numerous. That same engine that can extract data from an electronic health record in order to generate real-world evidence can also scan the huge amounts of electronic health records and patient records to identify patients based on very, very specific inclusion or exclusion criteria as part of a clinical trial. It could also identify patients like what we're doing right now in heart failure, patients with confirmed heart failure who aren't on medication, who should be on medication, who are at imminent risk of a heart attack, which will cost the health system a huge amount of money. But from the commercial side of a pharmaceutical company, these patients should be on medication. They just need to be found. And our engine can add value to each of those applications. But what we're really excited about is the idea of patient identification. That is the core capability that we are really scaling as part of our solution right now. And I think all this work is not going unnoticed. I'm also uh, familiar with the idea that, I mean, I think you were nominated by the Gallian uh, Foundation for the 2022 uh, Pre-Gallian USA, which is a great, great organization uh, nomination. I've uh, served on the advisory board of uh, the Gallian uh, Digital Health uh, Committee before as a judge. Uh, and so I fully respect the companies that actually are nominated for this. It's uh, very prestigious. And also, I, I noticed you also won an award from Takeda Canada. That, that that's correct? correct. It's really a testament to the team, to the partnerships that we've been able to bridge and the collaborations we've been able to do with companies like Takeda, like Novartis, like Amgen, like Johnson & Johnson. But it's interesting you mentioned our pre-Galian award nomination, because as you said, you know, we haven't raised any significant capital. We don't invest in marketing or business development. So when we got the call saying, A, they've heard about Pentavir, but B, we were one of 12 companies globally nominated for the reward. I said, how did you hear about us? Like, how did a company like Pentavir that has developed our technology in the way that we have get on? your radar. And the answer we got back from the Galian Foundation was that for the digital health, one of the criterias is publications in peer-reviewed journals. And you're one of the few AI companies that met that criteria. And we believe in the impact that you're having for human health. And therefore, we've nominated you. So it was it was an incredible honor just to be nominated. And hopefully we will win. But we'll hear those results in October. But congratulations on that. I think that's a great achievement by itself. And I wish you the best with winning. Whether they win or not, it's irrelevant to the point that you have great publications and we're making lives even much better. With that being said, I know sometimes when everyone looks at success, you think it comes easy. So what are some of the challenges that you faced so far? So I think... Any entrepreneur who's listening to this podcast, who's stuck with it and has gone through the ups and downs knows how hard the journey is. And that's the challenge is the journey. Two individuals with no healthcare experience coming off of a tragedy that just fundamentally impacted my partner's life and then making that choice to fully commit to solving a problem despite the probabilities of being successful. And, um, you know, that the journey is the challenge, but I must say we've been incredibly lucky along the way. 
By staying true to our North Star, we've been able to build friendships with incredible individuals like yourself. We've been able through real projects, real delivery, real value, forge relationships with individuals in the life science sphere, prestigious researchers. By breaking through barriers and building technology to have impact, believing in the problem and saying, if we can solve the problem to unlock the huge amounts of knowledge, the huge amounts of unknown insights that's buried in clinical text, electronic health records, histopathology reports, clinician transcriptions, we will find those business applications that can solve huge addressable markets and change the trajectory of human health at the same time. And that North Star has enabled us to push through many of the barriers, barriers of not receiving funding, barriers of being a technology company not birthed in Silicon Valley or Boston or London, England. But despite that, we've achieved results that what we hear from our partners are unlike any results that many other companies have achieved. And I know you mentioned the North Star and talking about North, I mean, New York, you're up in Canada, where you're located. And generally in the AI space, I think Canada has some, some of the top AI engineers in the world, right? I know University of Toronto is pretty solid, especially around a particular realm of things. And several books I've read have come from professors out of Canada and Toronto. So the science from AI perspective is very solid up north for where we are, right? And I think we met the first time about three or four years ago. At the time, I think it was pretty early stage where you didn't have all the studies that you had now. And so despite COVID and the pandemic and everything shutting down, I was quite very impressed when I saw all the papers that you came up with and all the partnerships you're able to do, even despite the hard times. So with that being said, you've accomplished quite a bit in a short amount of time, right? Uh, without even getting a lot of funding. So what does success look like for you? Where would you like to go in the next six months or the next year? Yeah. So the inflection point that we're at is we've built and validated and proved out a number of high value business applications. Now it's all about scale, scaling commercially, scaling with healthcare providers and having global impact by taking a technology that we've developed based on real data, real different types of data, and how can we take some of the solutions that you've described and demonstrate that that can solve problems at the global level around evidence curation, patient identification. You mentioned the Takeda challenge that we saw. This is all around us being able to prove how our AI engine can help identify patients with rare diseases, but just as importantly, how can we build algorithms to identify them earlier so they can get diagnosed faster because it can take up to a decade to diagnose patients with rare disease. And there's so few patients with rare diseases that you wouldn't think AI can help. But the way we built our technology demonstrates that it can identify patients with rare diseases. So how can we take that capability and really scale it globally and help these people? And I think you mentioned something there that is very interesting about diagnosing patients with rare diseases earlier. That's been a big challenge. Even with rare diseases, even with chronic diseases, right? Like things like heart failure, pulmonary hypertension, fibroid disease, Gaucher disease, the bunch of other diseases out there that we could talk about. But early diagnosis is very important for several reasons, as you know. One is if you identify a patient early, they could get on therapy early and have better outcomes, right? Uh, waiting for someone to get really, really sick before you diagnose them doesn't really help the outcomes that much, right? So early diagnosis is very critical and very, very important. With that being said, does this involve like embedding a technology within EHR systems? And the second part of that question is, do you work on Epic, Cerna? Is it like particular EHR or are you EHR agnostic? So we're EHR agnostic, we're cloud agnostic, 
and we're format agnostic, meaning we can ingest data in almost any format, including PDFs, fire APIs, custom APIs, just giant data dumps. We can ingest data. Our engine can deploy on-prem, it can deploy on the cloud. We are one of the first commercial AI algorithms deployed in production at one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, clinical trial workflow. So a lot of that design of our technology came out of, again, us embedding ourselves in a leading hospital for two years to really understand if we want to have impact, how can AI work within the realities of a healthcare system, within the realities of silo data. So to that end, we've ingested and published on data from systems like Epic and Cerner. We've ingested and published on data that came from PDF diagnostic reports, physician correspondence, physician transcription, variable concepts, errors in data. We've been able to demonstrate our ability to ingest all of that information and be able to give high quality curated data coming out the other side that can identify patients or is used downstream to accelerate AI and machine learning. Because as you know, the more labeled and structured data that you have into patients, the more that that empowers data scientists, both at hospitals, within life science companies, to build predictive models, to predict out various outcomes for various types of patients. And we're finding we are playing a big part of that workflow and that impact. Which is quite impressive because if you look at like voice notes and you can look at PDFs and you look at EHRs, so these are different kinds of data sets that you're talking about here, which opens up the entire globe, for example, right? That different parts of the world in developing nations where you probably have data still on paper, right? Even some parts in the developed world where that happens. Are you limited in your business to a geographical location, for example? Are you only working in North America? Can you work in Europe? What is your geographical location? I mean, I'm not saying where you are now, but where are your capabilities? To date, our applications have been in North America and in Europe. For the work we're ingesting in clinical trials, it's global. We're multilingual. So most of our use cases is in English. We've done work in French, but we have capabilities that can organize unstructured clinical texts and find signal that scales across all languages where words can be tokenized. So there are certain symbolic languages that our technology is not geared towards. We don't do handwriting. But if any type of text, if we're able to ingest it, we're able to organize it and add significant value to it so that even if it's a person in the middle labeling data or identifying certain clinical concepts, we've proven to be able to accelerate that process with our engine. And we've proven our ability to do that at a global scale in the applications and pilots that we've done. That is fantastic. And as we wrap up this segment of our podcast, what I would like to know is if someone's listening uh, to our podcast right now and listening to all these great things you're working on, what is your media need right now? Right? Are you looking for partnerships with, with more pharmaceutical companies? Are you looking for more partnerships with providers, with payers? What is the next immediate step or what kind of people would you like to reach out to? Yeah. So our immediate next step, and we've started a process, is looking for partners who have the existing infrastructure, the existing sales and marketing infrastructure and spend, who have existing customers who are also shared customers, whereby one and one doesn't equal three 
a one-on-one maple a hundred where we can become part of that workflow and really scale clinical discovery using our technology and using strategic partners existing infrastructure we're a small organization that's made up of engineers scientists clinicians linguists ai engineers What we don't have is any sales or marketing, no business development infrastructure. And we're at the inflection point saying, do we raise capital to scale that on our own, which is a strong option and we get those calls quite often, or because of why we started the company, which is to have impact and to have impact as quickly as possible. And the way we went about doing that is to build and validate a real technology that delivers real results, solving the problem, How do we roll into existing companies who may be two chairs short of the full dining room set and together we can really change the trajectory of healthcare. We've got a number of business applications that speak to different targets, but the common denominator is about unlocking knowledge that's buried in huge amounts of clinical text, huge amounts of documentation, that the current way that we get at that information today is we hire thousands of people to manually review information. It's not scalable, it's not reproducible, it's incredibly expensive, and it's holding back the promise of AI in healthcare. So we're looking for those partners where together we can accelerate the impact of AI in healthcare, where we become that data curation engine. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Dear listeners, if you listen to what Aaron just said and what the work he's doing at Pentavir, you believe that he's a great fit for Bite the Orange. And if you believe in the Bite the Orange movement, as we discussed, I believe that what Aaron is doing supports that philosophy and the whole idea of changing the way we've done things in the past, which fits perfectly. Remember the orange, the reason we call it Bite the Orange is because the skin of the orange is bitter, but the inside is sweet, right? But all the nutrients are on that skin, right? So if you believe in what Aaron is doing, please make sure you bite that orange and support Aaron on this. And Aaron, we expect you to bite the orange as well and say, you know, and share your picture, hashtag bite the orange and hashtag Pentavir to support the movement. And once again, thanks a lot, Aaron. We'll have the contact information for Aaron and Pentavir in the show notes when the podcast is live. So you could definitely reach out to Aaron at any given time. And uh, we post questions for Aaron. If any support or any business opportunities you have for Aaron, you want to support the movement, please feel free to reach out. So once again, thanks a lot, Aaron, for joining us on this episode of Bike the Orange. Thank you so much, Manny. Thank you for the incredible work that you and your movement is doing. Thank you. Together, we can make the future healthcare reality. Thanks, everyone, and see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Bike the Orange. If you want to change healthcare with us, please contact us at info at emmanuelfumbo.com or you can visit us at emmanuelfumbo.com or bitetheorange.com. If you like this episode and want more information about us, you can also visit us at emmanuelfumbo.com. Emmanuel